Tune in and cry it out with me, DJ Susie. Baby steps? It means setting small, reasonable goals. Pull it! One tiny step at a time. Pull it! Baby steps. Pull it! Baby steps. Pull it! For instance, when you leave this office, don't think about everything you have to do in order to get out of the building. Pull it! Just think of what you must do to Pull it! get out of this room. Pull it! And when you get to the hall, deal with that hall and so forth. Uh, 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 I just love how it's going, Cam X flowing, get at him dog, I'm already knowing, step lightly around dog, I might be hitting town dog, really trying to get down dog. By the time you hear the next pop, the folk shall be within you. Take the time to listen to your bodies and care for yourselves. We all have work to do, and each of us has an important role to play in life and in the immediate future. Take the time to listen to your bodies and care for yourself.
from the Winslow T broadcast booth in overcast and slightly chilly Bushwick, Brooklyn. I'm John Reed. You're listening to Radio Free Brooklyn. And this is Race to the Bottom, baby. Yeah. Bill Evans, Haunted Heart. And a big old sip of Winslow tea. Welcome to the program, boys and girls, ladies and gentlemen, and um, all types of people. Gender non-conforming people. And the whole mishpucha. Happy Saturday morning, or whenever you're listening to the program. And boy, do we have a show for you today. We're going to be talking to our buddy, stalwart of Race to the Bottom guests, Tom Demena, in a little bit. But first off, how about that mashup? What was in it? Wasn't it? It, it was it was quite something, wasn't it? I worked hard on that. We heard from so it started out with the junk 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 from Jive talking. Them strumming on their guitar and you if you if you watch that that Bee Gees doc, which was I think on HBO you'll know that they were recording that that record in in Miami they needed some inspiration and this is like kind of before they got full disco full disco and full falsetto but every day right into the studio Barry Gibb would cross that bridge in Miami you know that one bridge And he'd hear his tires and the, the car making that junk to junk to junk to junk to junk sound. Maybe he was just hearing it. He, he was probably uh, already gacked out of his mind by that point in the morning. But he, he heard that and, and, and that gave him the inspiration for Jive Token. Or chive talking when you're you're having uh you got a little schmutz in your teeth. Right? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Hold on. Pause pause for this. So good. Chris McGregor's Brotherhood of Breath. But that's that what one thing does not a mashup make. And and I've talked before about my my goal when I really go for it with a mashup. This is a peek behind the curtain and into the 
my <laughs> fascinating brain. But a good mashup skit, you got to mash up a bunch of stuff. Ask Girl Talk about that, you know? So you had Jive talking, but then you also sneak in and is this a uh, bass line from uh, DMX and Cameron, We Go Hard. And Cameron's going, pull it! Did I stop there? No. You heard one of us. The string and... Ah, ah. I can't hit that note. The uh, the string and, and, and ah, ooh, ah, choral opening by um, Abba, one of us. Creating some ambiance. Some ambiance. And then... On top of all that, from what about Bob? We heard uh, the, the talking about baby steps, making some small goals, right? And we heard from uh, who else? I, I I won't go so chronological. Also in the mashup, we heard Gil Scott Heron, "Legend in His Own Mind," which was sampled um, by Most Deaf on Black on Both Sides. We heard. From King Kunta, once you hear the next pop, the funk will be in you. Um, and what what funk did did we hear uh, after that pop? We heard <laughs> sweet Judy Blue Eyes, Crosby, Stills and Nash. I have a memory of that song. Of like, I think the first time I heard it, there was. You remember Earth Day? Like when Earth Day was really big in like the early 90s. I remember one Earth Day, maybe the first big one. There was like this special on NBC and they had like the whole, all the stars. Bill Cosby, the whole gang talking about Earth Day and saving the planet. And so they, and then like on that Saturday, everybody was supposed to do something. And... uh my parents and I got in the car and, and took our recycling to a recycling center. It's a new activity for us. And then after that sojourn, we popped into this McDonald's on um, by by Old Dominion University, and it was one of these McDonald's that had the that was decked out like a 1950s McDonald's. You remember those? And they had a they had an old looking jukebox. And I, whenever I saw a jukebox, well, basically dating back to my, I think Pizza Hut was my first jukebox um, dalliance. But then from then on, you see the jukebox. You gotta you gotta play something, and. Um, I selected uh, Judy Blue Eyes just because I liked the sound. And I remember hearing uh, we, we were waiting for our, for our order. Or maybe we, we were already um, digging in to our uh, supersized. I mean, you got to get the supersized if they ask, right? No, I was at that point in life, I think I was a, still a chicken nuggets guy with uh, sweet and sour sauce. But I remember hearing do 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 do
But you listen to it now. I didn't know this. I, I learned more about um, Stephen Stills from this this podcast that the the best show people do called So Far, where they're going through all of the the catalog of Crosby, Stills, and Nash. Stills is like a very like Latin curious, and you can hear in the background he's like doing like fake Spanish as they're going. We heard from Craftwork. Computer World Part 2 um, from Washed Out from their song Hold Out. We heard a, a brief snippet of Nickel Bags by Diggable Planets. Just the whole melange. Right? And oh, and we heard from uh, Bill Clinton telling us to listen to our bodies. I'm not sure I want him to tell me that. But uh, thank, 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 uh, thank the good Lord that Bill Clinton uh, recovered from his, I think he had sepsis. We heard from, oh, and um, the, we heard from Marsha Griffiths saying, it's electric. From this whole time, I thought that song was called The Electric Slide. It's not. It's called Electric Boogie. So put that in your pipe and smoke it. Or put that in your uh, cup and drink it. Uh, Because the opening monologue is sponsored by Winslow Tea. So much better than coffee, right? Tea. You know the problem with coffee? And I... I would love it if if a listener can explain this to me. You know when you are on a coffee pot, it says like cups. It's like two, four, six, eight, and it's got the markings on on the side of the thing. See how many cups you want? I just measured that because it always did not seem right. Those do not, those are not cups. Like uh, the the measurement of a cup, and it's also does not line up with like what would be in a coffee cup. I have no idea what they mean by uh, the cups on the side of a of a coffee thing. Because like as as you know, if you're going to make coffee, you you can't fill it up to one. If you put one on the up to the one line on the coffee pot, that's like a a thimble. What's going on with that? And as long as I'm complaining about things, I want to complain about a uh, mask nose. But first, uh, take a little moment to uh, bask in the glory of BHS by uh, listener Tim. So, I know probably this is like New York City problems. Probably a lot of our listeners in Kansas and Virginia Beach and and, uh, Boulder and maybe not Boulder, but Chicago. You know, all all of our uh, listeners across the country are like, you guys still wear masks? And the answer is, yeah. I've stopped wearing uh, a mask outdoors 
But uh, you go into a, a cramped store, and I got to wear my mask at school and uh, on the subway. But there's these people that uh, maybe maybe people <laughs> in other states can remember back when people used to wear masks in your state. Um, that just have their nose, and I talked a little bit about this with with uh, Jay Clarkson yesterday. Oh my God, my research department just sent me an article. Why is a cup of coffee only six ounces instead of eight? The standard is six. Okay, cool. So it's they're just do it wrong. Too long didn't read. They do it wrong on purpose. Who knows? Research department, can you um, can you summarize that article? I can't read it on the air right now because um, I'm talking about mask nose. These people with their nose hanging out of their ma- masks—it's disgusting. It's disgusting. It's pointless, and I, I just don't—I don't see the rationale. I have students who who have mask nose. People on the train with mask nose. And I, I came to a, a personal decision. I respect people who just don't wear a mask uh, more than I respect um, the mask nosers. I think mask nosers are, are reprehensible. And I'll tell you I'll tell you something else, dear listener. And bear with me, but I think that this is kind of my analogy for this. Before I, I married my uh, dear, dear, uh, wonderful wife, um, there's that there's that phase where people go through, uh, you know, using the word fiance. I I'm not a I was never a, somebody who said fiance, even though we are engaged for you know quite a while because we had to wait for the wedding season or or whatnot but i just went girlfriend to wife and you see this analogy i'm going to make i'm going to go full mask obviously covering my nose otherwise there's no point in wearing it to just no mask never am i going to uh be one of these disgusting people. Their pornographic nose popping out of their mask all the time. It's psychopathic. And as long as I'm complaining, now I'm on a complaining roll here. As long as I'm complaining about things, Braves fans, guys, what's up with the tomahawk chop? For people who don't know, it's looking like the Braves are going to go to the World Series for the first time in like 25 years or something. And the Astros are already in. So just two great franchises. you got the upstanding Astros who have <laughs> don't have a, 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 a blemish on their name. And then the Braves who, speaking of psychopaths, have a stadium full of thousands of people doing this 
I can't believe I just did that on even for a demonstration. It's like saying the N-word, you know, when you're quoting something. You want to steer clear. But they they do the chop, they chop with their hands and and do like the stereotypical Native American chant. Talk about cancel culture. You have the you, the Redskins are the Washington football team now and and uh you know the whole litany of cancel culture whatever how are the how are the Braves and and all these uh these Neanderthal fans uh escaping cancellation You hear that supposedly there was some survey when you talk to people about about like uh, the appropriation or disrespect to to uh, Native American or Indian culture. It's gone back and forth whether uh, you should say Native American or Indian. Um, but anyway, there's there was this survey. Survey says I guess it was on Family Feud, but people. Uh, who like to appropriate, um, like these Seminole fans? They say uh, no. They 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 interviewed uh, all these Native Americans, and they said that uh, they they didn't care. They said it was a non-issue for them. So that's why I'm dressed up in in full uh, <laughs> feather fe- my feather uh, outfit here, and I've got a campfire in the. As I'm dancing around and pounding my chest, even though I'm from Des Moines, Iowa, and like Irish American. So that's their first thing. But I would be interested in asking these people uh, if you could if you could talk to like a few few thousand of them you know how do the study however you're supposed to do like a good study and tell them uh look i'm not accusing you of of being racist or anything i just want to know i want to get a peek into your mind do these people think that um there's some like mystical power to doing it is it is it like a F you to, to uh, like, we've done this forever. We're not going to bow down to Joe Biden. We're, I'm going to do the tomahawk chop even harder next time. Is it that? Or do they, in some way, do they tell themselves that they're honoring and, like, even spiritually, like, connecting, like a Jim Morrison thing with, like, Native culture when they're doing it? Like, when I was a little kid, I would dress up. I've, there's pictures of me dressing up uh, like a Native American. I had this little headdress and I had this drum I would beat. And I thought I was, it was fun. I loved it. I felt, um, so is it like a, and we're going to talk about this kind of thing next week with, with my buddy Dave about the, is it part of this like infantilization dress up thing where they're like, I feel cool when I'm, I feel like we're our own Indian tribe. I don't know. Maybe if the Braves do, maybe the Braves should definitely beat the Dodgers and get into the World Series and maybe we can finally, oh, 
bring enough attention to this tomahawk chop to finally cancel it. How about that? We'll see what happens. Maybe Joe Buck can take it on. That's the other thing. I've I talked about this. I can't watch the these playoffs or World Series for a few reasons. One, because I think all the teams suck. The Dodgers can be okay sometimes. I know that's horrible to say as a Mets fan, but also because the Mets aren't in there. But also this dude, Joe Buck, who somehow gets to announce, and I've talked about this on the show a lot of times, somehow he gets to announce football and baseball like he's the guy. The Just such an example of the monoculture that we face in this country. Joe Buck. You could either have Joe Buck or Joe Buck. Oh, you don't like football? Oh, try baseball. Still Joe Buck. Guys like... Uh, I've got this list. I had to search it up. I don't want to spend like... I didn't want to rewrite this list of reasons why I hated Joe Buck. So I, I brought it up from last time. All right, hold on. Race to the bottom. I hate Joe Buck. Here's my list, Tom, of why I hate Joe Buck. Okay? Yeah. He, he's, I already said he's part of our monoculture. Um, mm-hmm. he, he's Captain Obvious. He's never said anything, mm-hmm. like, insightful. He just kind of <laughs> says, and they're running down the field. <laughs> uh he ex- he exaggerates everything. He always talks about um like um also talks about things as like trouble or dangerous. Like, oh, this is real trouble for for the Astros here. They're really in some serious yeah. danger, and I'm sure he does that for football too. The Chiefs are in major danger right now. A lot of the trouble. Like, don't you watch sports to not have everything be framed as like trouble and danger. It's like constant. Da- he has no. He has no understanding of human emotions, like our buddy uh, George Lucas or or Wes Anderson has become. Um, he's like hyper masculine, but also like a. It seems like a, a like he tries a to. Yeah, but also a weenie, and he's just f- flat. And he's a front runner. Like whichever team is is doing better in the in the series or the game, you in people on Twitter totally it always happens. He's like, Joe Buck's obviously rooting for the for the Braves. Like, yeah, that's because the Braves are winning. <laughs> I has nothing but like praise for the team that's winning. And then if they, there's like a switch in the lead halfway through the game, he he's like, uh, all of a sudden he's like, you know what I'm saying, Tom. I do, and you know, when you put him and Troy Aikman together, it becomes this negative energy nightmare. Yeah, Troy Aikman just—I stopped watching, you know, for so many other reasons, but that was one of them. I remember just thinking, I can't take this. I can't take this negative smorgasbord, Mm -hmm. hyper criticism um, on steroids. It was just awful. You felt like it was like affecting you. It's, It's so interesting how much you thought about it. I have. I, I would have thought that I, I would have had a more detailed analysis on Joe Buck, but yours is like <laughs> it was a real 
college thesis. Well, I really hate. And, uh, I really true. hate him. I really, really don't like him. And sorry, I dropped something. I, I really. Um, I'm eating pancakes, so it's all oh, good. Cool. I really uh, thought about it a lot when the Mets. I've thought about this for you know when were the Mets in in the uh, playoffs and World Series? That was 15 and 16. So I've been thinking about this since back then because. Uh, the the New York Mets uh, season announcers are Keith Hernandez and Ron Darling and Gary Cohen, and they're hilarious and wonderful. And my wife likes watching them, even though she doesn't care about baseball. They're that funny. It's just like a a, a com- It's like a sitcom. Just listening yeah, to them, and they're so funny and so smart. And then you, uh, and then when the Mets, I was so excited when the Mets got into the uh, playoffs, and then I'm like, wait, now I got to. Listen to this, dude. But you can actually, I forgot about this, but you can, uh, if you are good with like st- like pirate streaming, I figured out how to watch the Canadian broadcast. This is how much wow. I couldn't I couldn't stand Joe Buck as I found the wow. Canadian uh, broadcast of the World Series and watched a lot of that. That's really cool. That's, that's awesome. That makes that makes me interested in watching baseball more. <laughs> How's it going, Tom? You'd, you'd be willing to pass. I'm, it's going good. It's going good. Um, I hope you can hear me okay. You know, I, I am way up there now, even more than I was last time. You're high right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the only one who's not high in this state. Uh, I feel like. Yeah. Oh, it's is it total? Is marijuana totally legal now? It's amazing. It's amazing. It's everywhere. It's everything. It's every store. You know, I just passed. I just passed by. Uh, you know, weed and music lounge, which wow. is like a, a performance venue solely for, you know, smoking uh, audience and like smoking performers. And it's and I just thought, it, yeah, go ahead. It's recreational. Like it's it's no not just yeah. medical. Uh, just anybody can can toke it up. Wow. It's right in the restaurant that Lauren's used to work at. And she did the mural. My wife did all yeah. this. My partner, Lauren, did all these murals on the wall, on the windows that we were so proud of. And uh, it's just, I don't know. It, to me, it just was like another sign of something kind of a little disturbing. There's mm. too much of this. It's just, you know, I went into one of these stores and I, I just, I couldn't believe how, how stoned the person mm-hmm. that was working there was. Yeah. I just couldn't believe it. And I just thought, oh man, this is not good. This movement is, this is not good. Have, Tom, you know I used to uh, work in, in the pizza biz, right? In the pizza game? Yeah. You know, you yeah, knew that, know that, right? You knew that about Seven me? Seven years. Yeah. You drove that car. For a place called Pizza Cabin. And a, a thing, a thing that was, uh, always kind of tickled me slash just was kind of incomprehensible is that everybody who called in just thought extra cheese just cause would be something they could get for free. Just and, and uh, throw extra cheese on there too. And it, it, and actually not only was it not free, extra cheese uh, cost more than any other topping because cheese is uh, is an expensive food cost. So you'd have to be like 
I'm sorry, sir. Extra cheese just lets you know it is extra. And they'd be indignant. Everybody felt like they uh, just deserved extra cheese. Like, that's just my right. This is a major theme in Do the Right Thing, (laughs) where Danny Aiello (laughs) loses his mind. Extra cheese is $2. Yes. I forgot about (laughs) that. But I think it's similar. It's similar, and and again, this is going to be another thing I'm going to talk about next week with with Dave. Um, I think it's part of the infantilization of our culture where everybody thinks they deserve. Like, I wanted to ask people, like, why do you deserve extra cheese today? What did you do? <laughs> like, what? Why do you get the extra? Why today? What, what name something? You you could go on a on a on a run. You have, you have a, like wow. a, a, you know, a, a birth or, or death in the family. Why? That's called having fun at your job. I can't believe you do that. Yeah, um, but I feel like it's the same with with like uh, pot culture or or like beer, like mm-hmm. fancy beer culture. Everybody just thinks they uh, deserve mm-hmm. deserve to be high all the time. Look, if you want to get uh, you know, blow off some steam from you know. Every once in a while, go for it. But but like they just like I deserve to yeah. to wake and bake. I want I deserve to be high all day, <laughs> all night, every day. Because <laughs> why? Yeah, and let me and let me tell you another. Let me tell you another disturbing trend. I, I I I'm I'm worried about is you know there's a lot of people coming out of COVID with some money and are starting their own dream businesses. Mm-hmm. One of them is like this smoker lounge music venue and the other i heard the one i heard was this guy who wanted to start a dog park where you know it was like a cocktail lounge and a dog park <laughs> and like you know i had i've had dogs and um i've been to dog parks mm-hmm. you know and stuff happens at dog parks it's not not easy to manage almost almost every dog park i've ever been to there's been like a major <laughs> brouhaha where there was a huge fight and somebody left like in tears. <laughs> you know, I just don't think we need to be adding cocktails to the, mm-hmm. the recipe of this situation. You mm-hmm. know, and it, it, it's it's just another venue that is now suddenly like a drinking opportunity. Yeah. I, mm-hmm. I don't get it. And he's all excited about it. He's like a guy I know, you know, and I'm like, you know, he's like, tell me about it. And I'm like, I'm nodding my head. And I'm just thinking about like someone leaving in bloody agony from his new <laughs> post-COVID dog park bar. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh. Yeah, because there were the, there were like, there's the like laundry mat where it's like laundry bar thing. People love the, the Yeah. Any excuse. I, and I do, too. I mean, like, there's, like, you know, there's, like, a fun European, you know, trend that I can see that would, you know, be inviting. But it's got to be, like, much more discreet, you know? It's, like... Yeah. It's, like, how some gelato places have, like, a little bar, you know what I mean? Or, like, mm-hmm. nothing, like, in your face. Yeah. Um. Anyway, it's got me concerned. Mm-hmm. I'm concerned about so many things, but... <laughs> But, you know, the weed and the alcohol is sort of, you know, in your face. And then you got, and and Maine is not a uh, public transport 
uh, stay, they, everybody's getting getting all blitzed out and then getting in behind the wheel too, right? Yeah, yeah, and um, you know, there's all these suicide turns here. Mm. You know, it's old. It's just old land planning. So <laughs> yeah. you have all this influx of people moving up here from New York and all these old roadways and it's just jam-packed and so every time you have to like turn onto a road you have to be like okay here i go you know and and it just feels like you're taking a chance you know at the same time there's not a lot of traffic because it's Maine, and that's all good but there's negatives as well up here too yeah just like everywhere i guess on the roads but too much dope man everybody Everybody, all the old old timers. You know, I used to work at like a, a music venue that has a, an old folky community. Yeah, and um, they were all they were all just glazed. You know, just totally yeah. glazed. <laughs> and uh, you know, it's very strong stuff up here. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I I mean, they've. Uh, it used to be the thing where where people would make the argument where it'd be like. Uh, you know, back in like the '90s, when people were were trying to advocate, the first people starting to advocate for for marijuana legalization, they'd be like, "Look, man, smoking a joint's no different than having a, a beer." Uh, and it, it used to be kind of more like that. It used to be, yeah. you know. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, with the stuff like ten percent of the potency that yeah. they are now, with the stuff they have now, you're entering like a a different <laughs> dimension. Uh, you know, it's like drinking 47 beers, you know, it's so, it'll be interesting know. how, how they can, uh, how they're going to be able to like, they gotta, they gotta rein it back in. Like, uh, you know, nobody should yeah. be going to jail. Nobody should be, you know, people should, you know, be able to do what they want with that kind of stuff. But as a culture, we need to kind of figure out how to have a little bit of discretion, yeah, and who are we just letting, you know, kind of make all these decisions at these stores? I mean, <clears throat> yeah. So some of the stores are, you know, they have like this Apple-like quality that's kind of cool, and then you just feel like, oh, they have to act together, <laughs> or everything just seems very well done. And some of them, you know, you just feel like they're passing out some Skittles and some, yeah. you know, weird soft drinks, and, you know, it's like this is just a toy, this is just a kitty candy shop feel cool and the people that work there are out of their minds yeah also uh you know we can't fail to mention that you know there's um you know thousands and thousands of black and brown people in jail for this and now like these you know white entrepreneurs are are making bank on it uh yeah it's crazy it's gross yeah that is so gross um, so Tom, let me put some options. Uh, doctor, do you know my, uh, your doctor, my dad, right? Uh, Dr. Dad. Sure. Dr. Dad likes to put, put out options. Uh, he's like, when you come visit him, he says like, uh, well, we could go on a walk. We could play Scrabble. We could, <laughs> you know, he likes to just list a bunch of things. So I want to take a page from 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 him on on this um i had the idea that 
the you know the Beatles. You you're you're one of these guys who hates the Beatles. Who's just like I don't get it, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I often think about Beatles or Stones. Uh-huh. I often go to bed at night and I just debate uh-huh. in my head who really was the better band, <laughs> and then I'll look up who yeah. who had to say what about who and whose guitar player was actually, you know, really yeah. rocking the riff. yeah. Back in the day, so the um, the Beatles just put out uh this. I, I guess it's on. Do you have Apple TV? Yeah, I don't. I don't have it, but it, maybe you can watch this and 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 fill us in uh, on it. The the Let It Be there. So the Beatles were like breaking up, and they were going to do this uh this one last hurrah Let It Be uh album. Um, and they got together, and they were kind of there's the legend is that there was a lot of infighting, and you know people blame Yoko for for breaking up the band at this time, and and people, mm-hmm. Paul was being real pushy, and and George mm-hmm. just wanted to uh, you know quit the band, and and was tired mm-hmm. of all the drama, and Ringo's just an idiot as usual, and and uh, <laughs> I hate that. I hate that. That's just not true. God. Does anybody stick up for Ringo? And uh, and you know, and John was kind of getting into heroin and stuff. But but then this yeah. guy Peter Jackson, I guess he he's the director of uh, what is it, Lord of the Rings, right? That's what, yeah, what he's whatever. famous for. He they finally gave him. There was these just mounds of of video of their uh, mm-hmm. of these sessions, and he watched it, and 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 they they let him direct kind of his version of it with all this unseen Weird. footage and so they're gonna why um, him why peter jackson i don't know um but weird but he, supposedly he said you know that a lot of those narratives are wrong they actually uh there's still so much love uh oh. within the group okay. and it's so it's a three-part yeah. thing it seems kind of interesting um yeah that does seem interesting and i'm sure it's true so, Tom, maybe you could watch that for us and, and report back, um, unless I I figure out a way to watch it too. Well, we both could watch it, but so that's coming okay. out. But the Beatles did one of these things. Uh, the Beatles presents "Let It Be" the enhanced album, and I'm looking at this right now, and this thing is that's just the worst title I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> it's fifty-enhanced, fifty-seven songs. It's two hours and forty-four minutes uh, long. What do you think about um, albums where they do alternate takes and stuff? Is that something you get into? Um, no. Yeah, no. I think the only time I got into that was with um, there was a time where I just needed to hear, like, or at least I thought I did, <laughs> all of Bob Dylan's early work. Mm-hmm. And I got like 12 bootleg albums at this random shop in the East Village, and maybe it's still there. And uh, they just sat there. I'd listened to one, and I was just like, oh, this is garbage. Yeah. And then there's just all those things sat there because I just, you know, they were not very good. Um, but there's a, t- there's a time and place where, you know, it's great to find something that you feel like is like a gem that no one's heard before. So um, I guess. But I- alternate takes. Yeah. I feel like they left them off the record for a reason. You know, like, yeah. So, uh, I guess it's sort of theft, theft from the artist. Yeah, 
Well, but I guess I guess Paul was in kind of in charge of this, but he he keeps repackaging stuff. But the whole band hated. Like I thought that was what the whole drama was about. It's like he kept pushing for this. He had this idea of what the album was, and then you know, even when after it was done, it was a huge success. He still felt like they fell short on what mm-hmm. they should have done, and then like. George and John were like, let it go. It was all good. Like, the whole album is called Let It Be. And you're not letting it be. Uh-huh. You don't like, you're the, we're, we are like disagreeing with what the whole thing is about with your insistence. And that's why I think it's so gross that it's still, it's still like around. It, it, my suspicion is that it, it's, it's sort of hinting at this weird disorder in Paul McCartney, mm-hmm. who is sort of in my eye always like this, the kind of normal one, but has his own issues like everyone else, I guess. So I, I, I'm, I'm still, I guess, at the first part, first option, Dr. Dad style. We could talk about, we could listen to some of this Let It Be, but that was a long time to explain what I wanted to do with that. Or, or we could hear uh, what's going on with you and, and, and you're, you're moving and, and that kind of stuff. Or we could just, uh, just, uh, you know, stop the show early and I could let uh, some, you know, 15 minutes of just dead air. We could do that too. So what, what do you want to do? Um, well, I don't want to do dead air. Uh-huh. Right. Let's just cross that one off on your. Okay. Notepad. All right. Just thought I'd throw that uh, out there. Uh, and uh, I could tell you about um, my life. I could tell you about the, such a weird little crisis i had that's you know I'm sure you can relate to this where i was walking by a pu- i was walking by the the venue the camden opera house which is this dream opera house that i've been wanting to play at um you know i do this cat stevens tribute yeah and it's a way for me to get people to come out and and see the shows and uh, you know i feel like i can get in front of people i get better as a musician and a guitarist and and um I enjoy it. I, I just feel like it's good to keep doing this. And um, a couple of years ago, I thought it would be great if I could play all these historic venues in New England, these old opera houses. Yeah. And I reached out to them, and they all said no. And um, and now they're saying yes. It's a love story, short story. I'm getting I'm getting into these venues now, which is great. So you get it. You get into the venue, and you know you're. Uh, you're making your own poster and and you're giving them all the details that they need to to make sure that you're getting people to show up to your show, which is sort of just a front. You know, it's me pretending to be Cat Stevens so I can get somebody who likes <laughs> Cat Stevens so I can get the money <laughs> to maybe one day keep going and get my own thing, you know, going. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And then you, you you walk by the venue just to see what it's just to see the the food or labor to see the poster that you made. Tom Demena sings Cat Stevens in Cat Stevens tribute, you know, whatever I was expecting. And um, I just see, you know, Tom Demena. I just see this poster that just says, <laughs> this is my name, Mister. I have no idea who you are, um, and some random picture. And, um, it kills me. It kills me. And (laughs) all of a sudden I just found myself like getting so irate with like the person that I had sent, you know, the, the flyer to. And I was like, 
I was like, you know, it's really important that we say this is a Karen Stevens <laughs> tribute because uh, I'm I'm trying to get the eyeballs of like strangers walking by and uh, be like, oh, Karen Stevens, yeah, I love Karen Stevens. I'll go see. I don't know what Tom Brennan is, but he's doing Karen Stevens. Great, yeah. let's go. Yeah, yeah. And I instead I don't get any of that. I just get instead I just get my name, which no one knows, in the in the <laughs> window. I I go like nuts. I go absolutely nuts because this is the venue that I've been trying to get into. Yada yada yada. Mm-hmm. And um, anyway, I, I work it all out. It's all fine. You know, I call the guy. I say, look, you know, I think there's been a mistake, and they redo the thing, and now it's corrected. But for like a couple of days, I was just like. So depressed. <laughs> so depressed. Um, so anyway, I don't know. That's and, something I wanted yeah, to get off my chest. And, and uh, maybe maybe they were high. Um, you blame it on that. <laughs> they were. No, they, definitely were. <laughs> they definitely were. And so then, you know, I went to this cool little wine uh, cafe right next door um, that does all this, you know, biodynamic wine and it's run by some young folks and my partner, Lauren and I go in there all the time. We have wine and we chat, we feel cool and it's nice. And, and, um, I was talking to the girl that worked there and she said she used to be on the programming board at that opera house. And that she's, (laughs) but she sort of like bashed, she sort of bashed it and said, you know, um, no one knows when no one cares no one cares over there you know and everyone's high and everyone you know yada 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 and that's been like you know my my sense too if you're if i feel like if you're young and you're trying to like get something going up here there's all this potential staring you in the face all these old buildings and all this charm factor like just on steroids it's so intoxicating but then you try to work with the with the people the people that are there and you really hit a brick wall and it's tough tough to get people to get you know thinking differently and and um be excited about something um and and generally they're kind of like you know lazy and stoned yeah and you're trying to like bring your your create creative enthusiasm to something and you're just like surrounded by what feels like this immovable mass of uh, i don't know what it is you know, because it's it, it seemingly if you're on the board for a music venue, you're like excited about music and you're trying to like do things. You know? Yeah, um, it, it it kind of reminds me of of how I felt in in Asheville. Maybe it's just that like small town thing where people like being uh, being laid back is like the the most important aspect. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I also feel like there's a. Ta- there's there's a normal towny vibe that should exist where it's like who mm-hmm. are you, Mister? You know, you come mm-hmm. from New York and you think you're on the town. Um, but uh, I would think there'd be a recognition of like when there's a young person that believes in your mission statement and wants to put in a lot of energy and has some ideas, yeah, that are that are good. That that person that person becomes like your new engine and you embrace that and you don't like you know push against it with your weird kind of hesitation or I don't know insecurity or um yeah whatever it is let's let's check out this this is track 22 on <laughs> the Beatles let it be the enhanced album 
Maybe this will give us some wisdom. This is a speech. It's a 43-second speech. I'm not sure who makes it, but it's this one. It's called, like, making an album, question mark? Let's see who, who's okay. talking and, and what uh, they're talking about, like, making an album. Is anyone sort of thinking of this like making an album or more like sort of doing a lot of numbers than to be able to play them all one after the other? Because that's I'm good thinking. thinking. Half to play them and half like an album. Half them, we're yeah. trying to record them. You know, say say we did half of them this Thursday, and then they didn't have to film the next lot of rehearsals or whatever. Yeah. And then we do another lot and do them in the same place. You know, if we can't, it's just how we can't learn another five or six good for Thursday. We've just got "Don't Let Me Down" and I've got a feeling just how they should be when we hit it. Is that interesting? That is interesting. I liked it. So they're, I guess they're, the other thing that's weird is, is the, so that's basically their breakup album and they decide to have the whole thing uh, filmed by a documentary crew. So they're trying to um, figure out, and they're also trying to play live for one last time. And that's what ended up being that, that uh, rooftop show. Um, mm-hmm. I can't tell. It's like, I don't know whether this is just kind of this nostalgia that doesn't really do anybody yeah, any yeah, anything, yeah. or whether mm-hmm. I, you know. I yeah, I think about nostalgia all the time, and I I can't tell either. You know, I feel like good music is inherently nostalgic in one way. Yeah, um, it's calling forth this like early time that was like <laughs> caveman. Uh, consciousness that was pre-thinking you know something kind of wonderfully ancient but um at the same time you're like you don't want to be lost in the trends of the past you know yeah and uh, and i don't know like narrative story storytelling and all the, the things that we're used to in like that period of great music i mean Maybe we just have to put it down and think entirely differently. I know what's his name, Talking Heads guy, David um, Byrne. Yeah, I mean he's, I think he's so passionately anti-nostalgia. Yeah. There's a lot of people that I, I really respect that are so like you, you guys are all mixed up. Yeah, <laughs> need to get over this. I think yeah, I think somebody like David Byrne is is like that, or or David Bowie, like the the people who um, who had have had long careers where they keep doing interesting things. Definitely are anti nostalgia. Um, well, Tom, I I don't know the answer to this, but um, let's cl- let's close out the show with uh, with Let It Be. Um, and 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 just take that as our our counsel. Okay. All right. Well, we we'll listen to Let It Be for the five millionth time, and <laughs> and maybe we'll learn something <laughs> again. Yes. <laughs> uh, well, th- thanks. Thanks as always for the laughs. And if you're in Maine, when's that? Sh- when's this show at the thing? <laughs> I really hope. I really overly confess. It's um. It's November twelfth. At this great venue with great people that run it. Yeah, yeah, sounds <laughs> the great people that yeah. run it. And uh, but hey, I'm also going to be doing a really big one in um, 2022 at like a really huge venue in Portland. So I'll keep you posted on that. Awesome, with, like a big band. Yeah, sounds good. 
Bye, buddy. All right, man. Good talking to you. All right. I'll talk to you soon. If you're listening to that uh, show on your phone, you can download uh, on your computer. You can download the app. My my parents were saying they had some trouble with the computer, but the, I think the app always works. Uh, so that's a word to the wise. Um, you can drop by the uh, website though and and uh, drop us some dollars and sign up for the newsletter. Up next is Crime Talk BK. I've got the this whole. I've got ready uh, race to the bottom. Uh, scheduled until uh, the new year. I've got so many good guests, so keep tuning in every week, doing our thing. And uh, like Tom said, may, let's let's figure out if we can squeeze a little more juice from this lemon. Here's here's let it be, um, and I'll talk to y'all next week. When I find myself in times of trouble, Mother Mary comes to me, speaking words of wisdom, let it be. And in my hour of darkness, she is standing right in front of me, speaking words of wisdom, let it be. Let it be, let it be, let it be. Whisper words of wisdom, let it be. And when the broken-hearted people living in the world agree, there will be an answer, let it be. For though they may be parted, there is still a chance that they will see. There will be an answer, let it be.